From the Finley Toyota Studio, it's Coalfield and Company. Cofield and Company on this Wednesday. Hill and his homies edition. Adam Hill, Willie Ramirez here with you for the next three hours. So much to get into and so many great guests. Justin Watkins, as usual, on a Wednesday coming up very soon. So many legal topics to get to with him. Doubt we'll be able to get to all of them. Uh, Then plenty of other great stuff throughout the show. We'll even see if we can get to some of the UFC card this weekend. I was just out there talking to some fighters. And uh, getting their perspective on uh, how things might go. If the SP is coming up, just saw that. There's a lot of uh, a lot of talk about that going on on ESPN right now, including the host getting announced. So many other things. Chris Rock and Will Smith. Uh, no, that'd be nice. Uh, a different comedian, Steph Curry. I don't, I don't know. I don't know that he's a comedian, but I think he'll probably be okay. Trades going on in the NBA, guys opting out of contracts, so much more to get to. Let's try to do it now. It's the three on Cofield and Company. So we had some plans for what to talk about, uh, but we just had some breaking news. We said in the NBA, we'll talk about a trade in just a second. Uh, But just moments ago, James Harden declined his $47.3 million option and will become a free agent. Pretty crazy. Pretty crazy. Now, he could go back to the Sixers, sign a more team-friendly deal that could allow them to bring in some guys. We'll see how that works out. Uh, would you want James Harden on your team right now? Um, I, I think, <laughs> wow. I guess it depends on... Is he coming in to be the name, or is he coming in to be the the accompaniment? Because I think I, I I would probably want him to come in and be the accompaniment as long as he fits. Um, I tend to wonder if he would fit. You know, this is going to sound weird, but in a defensive minded system, because if you already have your your guys that can play at both ends of the court in place, and then you bring someone like Harden in, you don't really worry about his deficiencies on the defensive end because you have your guys there. Yeah. I mean, I, it, I think it depends where it goes. And it does sound like Philadelphia will probably be the first option for James Harden and where he could go. Uh, looks like Patty Mills also declined his option. That would have been $6 million with the Nets. He will become a free agent. The Sacramento Kings declined to offer Dante DiVincenzo. So these are all things over the last couple of minutes, a, a deadline today. So that drives a lot of action that is going on in the NBA uh, also should point out a big trade, DeJounte Murray going to the Hawks to pair with Trey Young to see if that backcourt can carry them uh, to distances that they would like to go. It's, uh, I don't know I don't know how much else they need there to go with them. They're gonna need they're gonna need some more pieces if they want to get to where they want to go. Uh, because are the Hawks still trying to deal with Collins? Sounded like it. Yeah, I think that there, there was a lot of a lot going on there. By the way, the the deal includes Danilo Gallinari and three first round picks going to the Spurs for Dejounte Murray. So a pretty big trade there uh, between the Hawks and Spurs. Uh, and yes, it might sound chaotic right now of us just getting all this NBA news, but that's what's going on. Literally, more news is breaking every like thirty seconds in the NBA uh, with the deadline fast approaching. 
for some of these decisions. So uh, free agency just on the horizon. That'll be fun to get to as well uh, with NBA news. And again, we'll probably have more NBA news as the show goes on uh, because it's happening as we speak. Uh, Also, Sean Watson hearing is over for the day. That just came across as well. Sounds like there may be a day three, probably will be a day three uh, in front of Judge Sue Robinson tomorrow. So this is dragging on a little bit, but no news yet on the Deshaun Watson front um, as we continue to monitor that and uh, maybe hear a little bit from uh, Justin Watkins about how this process is playing out. Uh, I, I wanted to point out this one real quick before we get to a couple of local basketball ties. Imani Bates was the top prospect from 2022. He reclassified to 2021. It was the third-ranked prospect. Injury-plagued freshman season at Memphis. I think all the expectations were he was either going to go pro out of high school and go play in the G League and go to the NBA or just play one year of college and go to the NBA. That is not the case. He is still in college. He had dropped his list of potential schools to transfer to to six. Five big-name programs and his hometown college of Eastern Michigan. Ypsilanti coming home. He has chosen Eastern Michigan. Now, I would venture to bet, man, it's going to be tough. I could be wrong on this. I don't know if Clay Baker's out there. Of anyone listening to the show that I've spent the most time at Ypsilanti. That's Clay. Clay probably has been out there some. I mean, I lived there for like two months as a baby. I don't know if that counts. Oh, you're saying you you're you you have yeah, spent that more. I have spent more. Yeah. I mean, I, I've been there quite a bit. It is for those that are not familiar, because Imani Bates did have Michigan on his list. I was he, he originally committed to Michigan State when he was in high school, changed that, went to Memphis. He had Michigan on his list of six. I thought Michigan was in the running because for those that aren't familiar, Michigan and Eastern Michigan are the two closest Division I schools. I believe that is still, at least for football, they are. I think there might be a basketball school that might be closer to each other. But for football, I think it's six and a half miles campus to campus. So I was like, okay, he's coming back to Ann Arbor. This is great. But it's not. He goes to Eastern Michigan. That is a pretty intriguing. Stan Heath, the coach at Eastern Michigan, coming off a pretty poor year. He now becomes the most prominent player in the MAC. Yeah, and, I, and here's the thing. When you see things like this these days, it's to me it's not a big deal. Like it's not, you know, maybe it's a surprise to the to the bigger schools that we're expecting, but I don't think it's that big of a, a deal these days because of NILs, because his stature. Like you said, he's immediately coming in and going to have a, you know, have have the the spotlight on him. People already know what he's capable of, and if he steals the show. He's just, you know, maybe he sees as maybe there's a huge NIL deal already in place and, and, and he'll just see his stock rise and fast. So that was my first thought. But then I started thinking about it. I don't know what the money at Eastern Michigan is. They don't, they don't have necessarily a whole lot of it. There's really not much industry in Eastern, in Ypsilanti. I mean, Michigan is where money, like, that's why I thought I was like, all right, go, you're going to be going home and getting a bunch of NIL money. I would imagine from Michigan. Uh, didn't happen. Went to Eastern, so it is. It is fascinating. We'll see how that plays out for his career. But I think most people just assume there's no way he would still be in college at this point, going to year two, and he will be playing in college, and not only in college, but at Eastern Michigan for Stan Heath. We'll see if uh, that move works out in Ypsilanti. A uh, couple of local tied 
basketball notes. We talked about some NBA. First of all, Lon Kruger, College Hoops Hall of Fame. Yeah. Big honor for him. Obviously, the father of Kevin Kruger, the coach of UNLV right now, former coach of UNLV and several other places, Lon Kruger. I am stunned. Absolutely stunned. Because how on earth was he not in the Hall of Fame before? You know how players go in and, and, and then, like, for instance, okay, Peyton Manning, right? So which team, which jersey would he wear? Tom Brady, which jersey? Obviously, he's going to wear the Patriots. But you, you hear that with, with players. Which, for coaches, like, does he, who does he go in and recognize as? I would think it's either going to be, what, Florida or Oklahoma? Oof. I don't know, man. I mean, can you can you argue Kansas State, Illinois, or UNLV? I doubt it's going to be his. It's not going to be his first stint at a Texas Pan American. Second was with Kansas State, but Florida and Oklahoma. I mean, he's not going in. He took UNLV. His last one that took UNLV as far as they went in the dance. I mean, it might. It, I would argue Kansas State only because it's where he played. Mm. He, and he that was his first major job. Of course, he's at UTPA. He was an assistant there for I think for five or six years. Um. It's tough though. I mean, he he had good runs at all of them. Now he was at Oklahoma a lot longer than I thought. Yeah, he, ten he seasons, was ten like, seasons, which is nuts. And, um, you, and you think about that, and think how many coaches UNLV has had. Yeah, <laughs> and now all the way to his son. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so I, I I don't know what the requirement rules are on when you retire. Or whatever, I just assume the coaches go in while they're still coaching. Uh, but yeah, obviously a long overdue, well deserved honor. For Lon Kruger going into the College Basketball Hall of Fame. And we know that Asia Wilson, Jackie Young, Chelsea Gray all got contract extensions with the Aces this year. Now it's the Erica Hemby's turn. She gets an extension today. They're trying to keep the court together very, very smart. It is very smart. And and she is, in my opinion, she's the glue. Um, and we're going to be talking about the Aces later on in the show. And I got a lot to say about Erica. And, th- and that was before I saw this. The one name that is not there, who um, I tried to get her to bite a couple of weeks ago, uh, the day of the Chicago Sky game, is Kelsey Plum because she will be her country should be on her uh, last year, unrestricted free agent, and you know Seattle Times put out a list of the candidates to replace Sue Bird in the top two names: Kent native, Kent Washington native Courtney Vandersloot and. Washington great Kelsey Plum, so you don't we don't see her name. Maybe they're just chipping it off one by one. Um, they well, it'll all, probably be the toughest one to do. She's going to fetch a lot on the open market. She is. She's. She. I think she's earning, if I'm not mistaken, around or her, her annual well, average is around one seventy. Yeah, the, ma- and the and max. And their max is, the is max. like two eighty. Like, yeah. So I mean, so she's the max. she'll definitely she'll so, play where she wants to play. She'll pick her spot, but I think that she, I, I don't know whether she wants to stay here. I'll be tough to lose her. Yeah, she's fun to watch. She, I mean, she's entertaining, exciting. Her alleged boyfriend. I was going to say maybe her maybe her relationship keeps her around. Well, neither one have been extended. <laughs> oh boy, <laughs> right. But the other one, <laughs> we're talking around this. The other one has two years left on their contract. So, eh, well, you never know. We'll see how that plays out for sure. See, uh, but yes, Derek Abbey. That's the. That is the. We ventured news away from Port Derica. She <laughs> gets she gets her extension. So good for her. Good for the Aces. We'll talk to talk about them later on. Uh, but coming up, our good friend Justin Watkins breaks down legal issues for us because we're idiots. We need his help. Coming up next, ESPN Las Vegas legal analyst Justin Watkins joins Cofield and Company in studio to break down the biggest legal stories in the world of sports. 
it's time for ESPN Las Vegas legal insider Justin Watkins to present the facts only on Cofield and Company. Back here, Cofield and Company, Hill and his homies edition on this Wednesday. I know it's Wednesday because Justin Watkins is with us. I was just looking up. I We mentioned the James Harden opt-out. We mentioned... Dante DiVincenzo not being extended. We mentioned Patty Mills opting out. Bradley Beal also opted out. We didn't mention that one. I think we skipped right over it. So Bradley Beal also opts out. Many people opting out. Justin Watkins has opted into talking to us. I don't know if that makes sense, but I was trying to segue, and it'll have to work for now. How you doing, sir? Doing good. You know, it's funny. In your guys' line of work, it's like this free agency period, and all these moves are being made, and... You know, in, in my line of work, the thing I get asked about almost every single day for the last week is about an, the next Supreme Court opinion. This is like <laughs> opinion season um, and, and it'll, just a lot of news in that front. And so I've been spending a lot of time reading a lot of opinions from the Supreme Court. Uh, speaking of that, did we find out today tomorrow will be the last of the opinions because Briar's, Briar's yep. uh, resignation is effective tomorrow? Well, and these these opinions were all decided, and they're on recess. So th- these are all coming out on a schedule. Right. Yep. So, yeah, tomorrow will be the last. Anything crazy we're expecting? Not that I'm aware of. I think, yeah. they've, I think they've, <laughs> they've done a pretty good job of, of that so far. We're going to wait till next session, outlaw being gay. That's, that's the next one. Yeah, it, well, I don't know, man. I, I mean, they're, they're all over the map. The one that today was kind of interesting was um, allowing the process allowing states to prosecute non-native americans even if they commit state crimes on native american land which is not a crime on native american land which is just super puzzling does not make any sense um and funny enough neil gorsuch was on the descent of that saying this is like you know he just went crazy on the majority to say how can you possibly read this in into into law there's no precedent for this um and so i'm 70 pages in on that one and we don't have to read miranda rights anymore is that correct also you can't be prosecuted civilly or criminally for not adhering not providing miranda rights it does Miranda rights still have implication, meaning if they do not read you the Miranda rights and then they get a confession or they get um, access to some evidence, that evidence could be thrown out for a Miranda violation. The court just said you cannot prosecute a police officer civilly or criminally for not adhering to a Miranda uh, warnings. Okay, good enough. Uh, I want to start other places, but I let's let's stay with the Supreme Court because we started talking about it. Um, there, there was an interesting Supreme Court ruling about the football coach who was praying at midfield. And I think it's interesting for a couple reasons. First, like the way that the opinion was written and that I saw didn't really match what the case was because there, there was a, a lot in the opinion about, hey, if the, if the coach wants to go pray at midfield by himself, like that, that's fine. And I, who on planet Earth I, I think would really have a problem with that? The problem was they were – having everybody come and join this prayer. And some kids were like, if I don't, is my playing time going to be docked? And this is a public school. And they were kind of told by assistant coaches, like, yeah, maybe. So that was the issue. So I don't understand where this opinion and where a lot of the news coverage of what this was, how that really was related to what the actual case was. Well, yeah. Let's. So this is a great 
platform to talk about how the legal process really does work. So obviously most of the time the media coverage as it pertains to these opinions is off. I'll say it's very difficult to accurately report the implication in the law of, you know, a 50 page opinion in bite-sized um, articles that are digestible by the general public without a legal background and be 100% accurate. You just can't, okay? But here's the first thing. Almost never is the facts as accepted by an appellate court based on the trial at the trial court level, here would be district court, those facts almost never line up with reality. You do not get to present all of the true facts when you go to trial. You get to present the admissible facts, and then the judge or jury makes a finding of facts, which are based on those facts that are in dispute. I say it was like this, and you say it was like that. The jury or the judge are there to decide who is accurate, or maybe neither of them are accurate, and they make a quote-unquote finding of fact. When it goes to the appellate court, that is the fact. No other facts can be considered. The appellate court can't go read news articles, can't do their own investigation to say, hey, 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 the record says that he was praying by himself, but I went there and saw hundreds of people. <laughs> no, the fact that they consider is he was praying on his own. That's the fact that was sent up on the appellate court, right? And then the ruling comes down and the media is like, what are we supposed to do with this ruling? Because his facts were wrong. From our perspective, from the lawyer's perspective, the ruling applies to the facts that were considered by the court, not the facts that existed in the real world, but not are in the court record. So from my perspective, the ruling is a good one. The ruling says, under the facts of the situation of a person who wants to take some personal time to reflect and pray, just because he happens to be on the job, does not make it an act or an endorsement by the government of any particular religion. Just like you said, if those were the facts, nobody would argue with that. Right. Well, that is the fact of the court. That's what they had to work with. It doesn't matter what happened after that. It doesn't matter that this guy went on the news and started talking to a whole bunch of news organizations and rallied hundreds of people to join him on the field the next week. The case was about him being told he couldn't do it the week before when he was doing it by himself. That's the fact. So I think I actually think that this one is a good ruling. I think they got it right. Yeah, in that I, in that case, I just worry, and I know in the I, I understand what you're saying. In the court, was different than how you know a, a case is covered and how it's talked about, and and it's different. But I just I feel like now you're going to have people all over the country saying, "Yeah, we're allowed to do this." Look, like that's what they ruled in that case, and that's not what they ruled. Right. Well, I mean, that happens every day with every kind of opinion that comes down. Right. I mean, there's there's going to be a you know there's going to be a whole bunch of stuff that comes down in regards to the overturning of Roe. You know, what happens, what states think they can do and can't do. There is, you know, that's why these opinions take 50 and 70 pages to write is so they try to anticipate and and provide clear direction based on the facts as they're presented and anticipate 
you know, some slight variations of those facts. But I mean, that's why we have the court system, right? So the next person goes and starts a rally of prayers and tries to rely on this decision that they'll lose. It's it, those were not the facts of the decision. I think that I learned some of the, of the accurate information uh, from going through a, a Q&A Twitter timeline about an hour ago. But what do you know about the tax cap and the and why are people freaking out about this right now? I don't know why people are freaking out about this. <laughs> it, this shouldn't be a thing to freak out about. Like when I saw you sent me this story, I'm like, what are you talking about? <laughs> so in Nevada, when when we went into the recession, what was happening or, or I'm sorry, right before the recession, what was happening is housing prices were just jumping so much, you know, 20, 30 percent a year. And the tax, the, the property taxes associated with that were jumping just in kind. And people who had been in their houses for a long time, you know, let's say bought their houses in the 70s, built their house, um, you know, were all of a sudden getting priced out of their house where their taxes were more than what, say, their mortgage payment used to be. And they didn't have a mortgage on it anymore. And so what the, what the state government did is they created a 3% cap. That is, your taxes cannot go up by any more than three, your property taxes, by more than 3% in any given year. So if your house value goes up by 20%, your taxes only go up by three. And there's this abatement amount that's noted of 17%. Now, what happened was, is then we went into a deep recession and all of the property values went down by 60%. Right. So everything fell and our taxes went down by that 60 percent. They weren't capped to go down. They're only capped to go up. So now everything dropped to 60 percent and the economy turned after a couple of years and started going back up. Well, it went back up that 60 percent and then some. But each year it only goes up by three percent. So it's going to take us our entire lifetime to get back to that 60 percent that we lost. So I think in the future, you're going to see some legislative fix here. They have to because we're abating billions of dollars of taxes that were never intended on being abated. It'll probably happen something like if you sell your house, it gets reset at the current value for the next property owner. Something like that it would, would be a guess of mine. But there is there was a story that came out that said, hey, if you don't opt into this tax cap that you're going to get taxed, you know, 8, 10, 20 percent. That's not true. That's not true. What can happen is when you see your new tax statement that'll come out and it if if there is a mistake about 3%, you can go and dispute that and say, number one, the value of the home is wrong. Um, and and, and I, I dispute that. Or number two, you raised it by more than 3%. Here's where you had me on previous years, which is a mistake that almost never happens, to be honest with you. Um, so those are the two challenges, and somehow that news story came out and said there's a deadline associated with that, which yeah, tomorrow. is tomorrow. Yeah, true. <laughs> that's what, I, not true. That's yeah, what no, I'm about to true. chime in and ask is is because I know I saw it, I saw it on somebody, a law student who I know. Um, it was she's she's now in law school, I think her second year, and she was posting to help her followers. I would say, hey, if you want to home, blah 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 blah. And then I read one, and so of course I'm driving to the gym. I called my mom. I was like, hey. Uh, Get on the phone because she uses the same accountant and bookkeeper we do. And I was like, hey, get on the phone. Find out what's going on. I'm not sure, but tomorrow supposedly is a deadline. Just get to the bottom of it because I rent, you own, and you better find out what's going on before. Because I don't know. I didn't know anything about it at the time. Now I'm, I'm learning more listening to you two. But uh, how did this deadline come in? I, I, I believe it's 
total fabrication. I don't know. <laughs> I mean, in theory, the the deadline that was supposedly tomorrow is the end of the fiscal year. And I guess whoever wrote the story or whoever was conveying the story must have thought if you haven't challenged the tax assessment for that fiscal year by the end of the year, then you can never challenge it moving. You know, <laughs> then you can't challenge it for that year. It's over. That's just not true. You can challenge it anytime. So nothing to worry about, but there's your free civics lesson on our current tax <laughs> property tax situation and potential fixes to it because something clearly needs to be fixed. Uh, you know, we're, we, we are one of the least tax states in the union and we get, you know, every, every tax that we do have is important to funding our, our government, which is funded at very, very low levels. And we, we simply can't afford to abate billions of dollars of taxes. There you go. Justin Watkins, Battleborn Injury Lawyers. Call them up. 570-9000. We'll be back. Continue talking with Justin. So much more to get into. What was going on yesterday? So many legal analysts out there on Twitter. And maybe some more Deshaun Watson. Call Battleborn Injury Lawyers. 702-570-9000 with your questions today expectation that he would miss some sort of game, six to eight, right? So that was always the working assumption. As of right now, I don't know. You know, I've heard that the NFL could recommend that he should be suspended for at least a year. But again, the longer this plays out beyond the field, the worse it is for Deshaun and the Browns in the NFL. It's time for ESPN Las Vegas legal insider Justin Watkins to lay down the law. Only on Cofield and Company. All right. So we've talked about Deshaun Watson for like a year, but things just keep happening. Um, Justin, I know it's a it's a different kind of a setting, so maybe not a whole lot of experience with it. But do you understand this process that the league is using with they've got somebody hearing the case that's going to recommend a penalty, but then the NFL can just appeal it and then decide it themselves and both the NFL and the NFLPA had a say in assigning the judge, but they can both unilaterally fire her? It doesn't seem right. No, it's it's actually not that uncommon. I mean, um, you know, in labor situations, in contract disputes, a lot of times they will have uh, mandatory, you know, this is similar to arbitration hearing. This technically is an arbitration hearing. And in those contracts, in those collectively bargained agreements, it, in those union deals, you will have sort of a laid out procedure, pretty detailed, like their own set of rules, depending on how big the organization is and likely um, how uh, an appointment happens. A lot of times is they'll go to an arbitration sort of company that deals in having former judges made available for arbitration hearings like these. And they will ask them to generate three names. Each side gets to strike a name. And then whoever is the third name that's not stricken is the one who's appointed. And when that person's appointed, it, while it's mandatory that you go to arbitration, it is not necessarily binding. You do have appellate rights. And what do those appellate rights look like? It's rare that the appellate rights are then reserved for the administration by one of the parties. Now that's the odd part about this, right? I mean, the NFL is the one trying to present evidence of why Deshaun Watson should be suspended and for what amount of time. They are one of, effectively, they're one of the parties here. And so 
for the head of the organization of one of the parties to be the ultimate decider upon appeal is odd and rare. And, you know, frankly, the fact that it, it still remains after all of this time, um, I, you know, I know they collectively bargained for a new procedure in 2020 and that the NFL was insistent that Goodell here has still have all appeal hearing rights, even though a lot of times recently he's deferred those. He's get, he, he's assigned an arbitrator for appeal, which is frankly the right move. That's what he should do each time. Or if he is not going to do that and he will be the ultimate appear, appeal officer, he needs to stay out of any disciplinary action up until that point. But to be in the room and helping decide and how they're going to prosecute and then be the ultimate appeal is just it's it's it is odd in that regard. But that's what they've agreed to. So. We can kind of uh, tie in the NFL with con- congressional hearings. Uh, Dan Snyder was subpoenaed. He is, quote, dodging it. I saw that written. This isn't like TV shows where you just hide out from somebody serving you and they just never serve you and you can just avoid it, right? Well, you can never avoid it, but it is literally like dodging it, right? <laughs> I mean, you have to be personally served. So you, you they, they have to hand it to you. Now, what? here's the real world. Hey, if your process server makes three attempts, there's some evasive maneuvers, um, then you you provide uh, affidavit to the court and says, hey, here's the efforts we've made. He's clearly trying to avoid service. He's aware of it. We've mailed it. We've certified mailed it. Now let us publish the subpoena. And they do it in a like a, a newspaper or a, a legal journal. Uh, and then he's considered served. Okay. And and that's that's what happens. He's not going to like not get served. <laughs> now, what could he do to not be uh, subpoenaable and not be compelled to attend is if he was out of the country. Yeah, if he was out of the country in a uh, a, a non Hague Treaty state. Yeah. So he's, he's sitting on his island in the front in France and just like, All right. well, Fran- no, France, France is part of the Hague Convention. So okay. it, it'd have to be some, you know. A little bit less desirable like place. Many, many boo boo. <laughs> Just like you can't, you can't get me. That's good. Uh, I saw a lot of a lot of talk. I, I love. I mean, I'm sure you love it more than I do. But the the Twitter experts in law. Uh, and yesterday there was just a lot of breakdown of what was going on uh, with the hearing, and I, I I saw a lot of people just saying, "Well, everything she said is hearsay." Well, testifying about what you hear from someone directly like if you're testifying about the conversation that's not hearsay right it is hearsay yeah so uh, almost the entirety of her of her testimony was hearsay but that doesn't make it any less relevant to the committee hearing that's not a trial right they are on a fact-finding mission publicly where they have subpoena power and people are testifying under oath okay so when she says I was in the room and this person said to me something about what somebody else said to them. That's actually two levels of hearsay. Hearsay is a statement that's made outside of court and being asserted in court by that person or somebody else for the truth of the matter asserted. I I know people are like, what does that mean? (laughs) That means that Okay, let's let's talk about the grabbing the steering wheel and choking the guy, right? Well, that part. So, so I'll, I'll just let me just say that to me, that part is what is hearsay. She heard from somebody of what happened in this situation. To me, that's what hearsay is. If you're just saying this person told me this, 
Like that's, I feel like that's different than, than no, that situation. That is absolutely 100% hearsay. It's somebody saying something to you outside of court. Okay. And you're trying to say what that person said is true. Okay. So the reason why that is hearsay is because, but there are a million exceptions. In first year law school, we talk about hearsay for literally months, okay, <laughs> in our evidence. But there are a ton of exceptions, which I'll get to. But so let's say one of her testimonies is Mark Meadows said this to me, okay? Well, in a court of law, if you're trying to admit that into evidence, the objection is hearsay. And the response is the, the reason is you need to subpoena Mark Meadows and ask him that question. And he must testify under oath as to the truth or not of that statement and whether that statement was made. That's the ruling. Now, are what are some of the major exceptions? Number one of the exceptions is if it's a party in the case. So Mark Meadows gets sued. What the plaintiff says, Mark said this to me, it's coming in. Okay. A party of the case and an omission by them or a statement against interest is admissible as an exception to hearsay because you wouldn't normally say it unless it was true. Okay. Number two, unavailability of the witness. He dies. No, there's no, there's no other way we can get the testimony. There's nothing written about it under certain circumstances. The, the court can weigh it's, you know, it's importance may allow that. Okay. And then one of the, you know, one of the big ones is excited utterance or present sense impression. That means something's happening in real time. And that person is effectively narrating what's happening. Oh my gosh. The president just grabbed the steering wheel. If, if she was on the phone with the secret service agent, that would be an exception to hearsay and would absolutely come in because it's happening in real time. They don't have time to try to fake or alter what is being said. And the, the reliability of that statement is seen as, as more probative. It's, it's more likely to be reliable. And then sort of the excited utterance, you know, um, somebody gets attacked. They come in and it's like, oh, it was my husband. He just, you know, he just cut my leg and they're just, they're blabbing about what just happened to them. And then later they want to try to protect their husband or whatever. They say that never happened. Would that statement come in? Yes. As an excited utterance, it would be an exception to hearsay. And there's like literally 17 other exceptions. That, that's why we talked to you. Cause I was, I was all like, to me, the, the, well, I was told that this is what happened in the car. I was like, okay, that, that, that's silly. That's ridiculous. Why would, why would that, like, why would we accept that? But the other stuff of testifying about direct conversations that you were a part of that to me is, should be much more relevant. It, it whether or not a hearsay statement is admissible has very little, if anything to do with relevance. Hmm. It's about whether or not the statement has elements of truthfulness, reasons why we can rely on that statement being true even though it was made outside of a courtroom and not under oath. Interesting. Were you fascinated yesterday or just like whatever? Uh, so, so far along in the the hearings, I, I really, to be honest with you, haven't followed it too closely. I'm just like, you know, whatever. I'll, I'll read some headlines, <laughs> you know, and if there's something of particular note, I might dig in a little bit. But that, uh, Yesterday was the first time I like I was watching. I was like, <laughs> so, "What is going on right now?" You know, the, like the first little 
tweet came out of like, oh my God, they, you know, she just said this. And I'm like, wait, what? All right. I mean, yeah, I don't even remember what the first statement was, but then I like turned it on and I caught all the other ones, you know? <laughs> so catch up on the wall. Good stuff. Okay. That's fun. Yeah. Yeah. I think, I think the first statement they tweeted out about was about he was aware that they were armed. And I was like, whoa, what? Oh, yeah. And I, you know, sort of turned it on. I got the rest. And I think, like, from my perspective, it, while there was some very headline y type things, everything sort of paled in comparison to that fact yeah. to me. The, yeah. That that fact and the removal of the metal detectors and the desire to go to the Capitol with them were the most important facts to me for the purposes of evaluating whether or not to prosecute. That's all I'm looking at this as. Not partisanship or nothing. I'm, that's, I'm just looking at it like, out of these hearings, is anybody going to be prosecuted? And what's that sort of threshold? And like that's the first day that for me we hit some lines where i'm like it would be very difficult if you know they can corroborate this testimony through other means sure to not prosecute there you go well, great stuff as always what do you got coming up yeah we're going up to reno you know i'm gonna spend uh -huh. some summer time up there as i get the office up and running uh because you know now it's 105 down here and it's you know 80 up there so smart Gonna spend some time up there this summer, and uh, gonna do my. I just got my scuba certification. I'm gonna nice. do my first scuba dive in uh, Turks and Caicos next week or two weeks. <laughs> Fancy, nice. Five five seven zero oh, nine thousand Battleboard Injury Lawyers Justin Watkins. Always appreciate it, sir. Have a great one. Thanks, fellas. There you go. Great stuff. We'll be back. What did Willie do last night? Call Battleborn Injury Lawyers seven zero two five seven zero nine thousand with your questions today. The best thing for him to do is just move on. Go find somewhere else that suits him and fits him perfectly, that he can learn from mistakes that he made in Cleveland, and just turn the page. And he said that both sides have moved on, not only from a front office standpoint, but there are players in that locker room that completely have looked at Baker Mayfield as a ghost at this point in time. Now. Back to Cofield and Company in the Finley Toyota Studio. Studio. Back here, Cofield and Company, Hill and his homies edition, Adam Hill. Willie Ramirez here with you. I saw more breaking news. I was like, what's going on? It's still the old breaking news that's going on. Trades, opt-outs, opt-ins all over the NBA. Try to recap that again in the 5 o'clock hour. There'll probably be more on the way by then. So we'll check that out. Uh Basketball players are on the move. They're all over the place. Lots of things going on. What is going on with you? What's going on in your life? Did you, did you hang out last night? I did. I, it was date night. Almost, almost. It's almost like I knew. I I took mom out. We went to okay. uh, we went to go see Elvis. Well, we went to see Top He's Gun. Alive? <laughs> yeah. Uh, when we went to see Top Gun Maverick, it's kind of now a little monthly tradition to mix in with the the dinners and lunches. I try to make sure I catch up with mom with my hectic schedule. So uh, we saw the preview for Elvis, and it looked intriguing based on the highlights. Now, I must say, if you saw those highlights or the previews, because you were to, it's because they were showing it. Really, they were hyping it up during the Top Gun Maverick, and that's the one that everyone's been going to see the past month. So, if if you saw it and you're expecting it, it's it's completely opposite of what I expected it to be. But it wasn't a disappointment. So it was a surprise 
and how it was done. And there were some really cool moments. Um, and it, but it was very interesting because it delved into his, it, it specifically delves into his relationship with him and Colonel Tom Parker, who managed him for so long. That's Tom Hanks? Yes. Yeah. Okay. So are you saying that you you went to Top Gun, you saw the preview for Elvis, then you left Top Gun and went to Elvis? No, 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 no. We're, last month when we saw Top Gun Maverick, okay. we saw the previews and we're like, oh, we get, definitely got to go see that because I never met Elvis. My mom's met him, you know, obviously, for obvious reasons, way back in the day. She's been to his shows when we were here in Las Vegas. Um, like his personal doctor who didn't have a role in this movie. That's it's like to, to do a, a, a complete true biography on, on, on Elvis. It, I think it would take like, it'd be more suited for a 10 part series on cable or something. Cause Is it's just last dance. Yes. It, it, there's no doubt. Uh, you know, so, you know, we were in and around Vegas in that time. I mean, I, I even asked her last night when we left this, left the theater. I was like, do you remember where you were when he died, she was like, yeah, we were here in Las Vegas. I said, no, mom, like I remember where I was, even though I was eight years old, because it was such a big moment. I was sitting in a barber's chair at Caesar's Palace in uh, Tony Maria's hair salon, who who at the time was like the, the stylist to the stars. And and if you if the performers would come in, they go to Caesar's to get his haircut. Because back then, right, there was a handful of casinos, and that was the big one. And, and Tony was the big... Big kahuna when it came to stylists. And I remember being in that uh, salon when the news broke or when it came across. And um, so anyway, yeah, we wanted to go see it based on the previews and watching it and starting up. But the cool thing is, is it, 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 it takes you back to like his upbringing in Memphis and how he, you know, sort of got into music. And there's a lot to it. There, there, it's, a, it's a very intriguing storyline. How much? How much is Vegas? A, a lot of it. Once, once he becomes, once, once it gets to the international, which was the Las Vegas Hills. So once it gets to that point, and he started to have to sign his contract, it's it's all Vegas from there. All right. Yeah. Maybe I'll check it out. I don't know. You said you remember where you were. I don't remember where I was. I wasn't born yet, so <laughs> I don't know. Uh, but I mean, I do. I've been to Graceland, so I know a little bit about Elvis. I think so. I'll check it out. Well, you that was last night. What, do you got? what are the plans tonight? Tonight I'm excited because I'm regenerating WGRamirez.com. I got some local projects on the horizon. Going to get back to doing some not as extensive as I did during the pandemic when I was just going stir crazy and needed to write. And uh, I was doing three stories a month. It was a project. It was They were themes. Now I'm just going to try to spread some love to some local athletes that are out there. So I'm re- uh, tonight I'm reloading it myself and another writer who's working with me. We have stories coming out on Sam Thomas, Centennial grad now with the Phoenix Mercury, and Ray Burrell, uh, Liberty grad who is with the Los Angeles Spark. So looking forward to shedding some light on some local athletes. There you go. That's what you're always doing. Spread love. It's the Brooklyn way and the WG <laughs> way, I guess. You're always spreading love on Instagram too. Checking that out, it's good. We spread love with the poll question today: is go to ice cream the go to ice cream flavor? It's tough. So make sure you check out the tough. poll question for today. There you go. Make sure you check that out for sure. Make sure you stick around. We got football frenzy coming up. We got all kinds of stuff on the way. The rest of the show, more NBA breaking news, aces, and Raiders talk next.